0: Welcome back to our study in the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter five and we're going to be looking at verse three. So let's read verses one through three. My son, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey. And smoother than oil is her speech. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray, dear God, that you will use the word in the hearts of the young people who are watching this study of Proverbs. And Lord, I pray more than all other things that they would truly come to know your son that they would believe in him unto salvation, and that they would love him. And then Lord, that they would walk in wisdom, the correct understanding of the great doctrines of the Christian faith. And that Lord, that they would be for your honor, for your glory, and they would be used as ministers for the benefit of your people. And Father, I ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Please help us today. Amen. Well, let's read verse 3 again. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. Now, not just the adulteress, but any person who's trying to tempt us to do something contrary to the will of God, they are very, very dangerous. Now, in our last study, we looked at verses one and two. Why are they so important? Whenever we're tempted, we need God's help. We need God's spirit to work on our behalf, to help us, to guide us, to convict us, to warn us. But here's what you need to understand. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. We need wisdom. We need biblical truth. Now, I want you to uh, realize something that is very important. If you say amen to everything I just said, we we need God's wisdom, but you spend very, very little time in the study of the scriptures, there's a great contradiction. You're saying one thing that you really don't mean. I mean, if you really believe the house is on fire, you're gonna run out. But if you tell me the house is on fire and then you go to the refrigerator to get a snack, I'm not going to believe you. Do you really understand how dangerous life is and how quickly you and I can fall into sin, how weak we are? Do you realize that if you say yes, well, then answer me this question. How much time do you spend every day in God's word? How much time? Because that tells us all what you really believe. Now, if that makes you feel a little down, please understand that we all struggle with our flesh and the flesh does fight against us when we want to study the word, but we have to win that fight. Another thing I think will be an encouragement to you is to know that it's a fight for everyone. Sometimes people think they'll see someone who um, studies the word a lot or someone who lives a life of prayer. And they think to themselves, they're able to do that because they're gifted in that area and that it's easier for them to do that. What I have found out is that is simply not true. That for everyone, it is a battle against the flesh to study God's word and pray. But some just recognize that they must win the battle because they have no hope apart from God, God's wisdom and God's power. Now, it says in verse three, for the lips of the adulteress drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech. Now, here we're talking about the adulteress, the strange woman. And who does this who does this refer to? It refers to a man or a woman that is not a part of your family. That's that's the way I want you to look at it. So you have, there's the mother and there's the father, the husband and the wife. The strange woman or the strange man, the adulteress or the adulterer, is any man or woman from the outside who would come in and try to break up that family to tear that family apart. So that's the way I want us to look at this. But I also want you to understand that this applies to any type of sin. Any person who would come to you and tempt you to do something that is contrary to God's God's will. Now, here's what I want you to see. It says, the lips of the adulteress or the tempter drips honey and smoother than oil is Her speech. One thing I want you to see is that immorality's propaganda, sin's propaganda is a lot better than the real product. Um, I had a friend in Peru, Paco Laos, and and one time he was preaching a sermon and I thought it was uh, rather clever. He talked about sin's propaganda. And uh, he talks about a man walking down a street and he sees all these flashing lights and signs and beautiful pictures, you know, uh, promoting all kinds of, of worldly and sinful activities. But it was very attractive, very beautiful. And so he followed the signs until he finally found himself in hell. And when he asked the people in hell, why is this so different? than what I expected, they said, what are you talking about? He said, well, all the signs and the lights and the beautiful pictures. And they said, oh, that was just the the advertisement. That was just the propaganda. It's not the real deal. And that's what you need to see. Sin will always present itself that way, even as something beautiful. In fact, the Apostle Paul said that the devil would even present himself as an angel of light. And so realize that the propaganda is one thing. The product is another. The propaganda can be beautiful. The package can be beautiful. But what's inside is twisted, horrid, ugly, venomous, deadly. And you want no part of it. You want no part of it. Now... Remember what we learned in the last lesson? You can listen to wisdom and avoid all this stuff. Or you can go, you know what? Rather than learn and live, I'm gonna live and learn. I'm, I'm gonna go test it to see if it's true. That, that's not very wise. I, imagine that, you know, let me give you an extraordinary example. Imagine that someone had a pistol And they said to everyone else, they said, you know, this pistol is loaded. And if you pull the trigger, a a bullet will go off. And if it's pointed in the direction of any person, that person is going to be wounded and they may die. It's dangerous. And you come along and say, well, I know he said that, but I want to prove it to myself. So you take the pistol, you point it to your head and you pull the trigger. Wouldn't it have been better to just listen, to listen to wisdom, especially when it's God's wisdom? Now, um, I describe this adulteress, or literally strange woman as being sort of referring to not just a woman, but also it can be a man who wants to come from the outside and break up a marriage and break up a marriage. Now, here's what I want you to know. I know you're young, but I want you to know something about marriage. It's, it's closed, okay? Now, what do I mean by that? When you marry, well, let me put it this way. When, when I was married many years ago, 30 years ago, uh, to, my, to my wife, her name was uh, Charo Casado. Now it's Charo Washer. Um, the, the pastor who was officiating, he has some questions for us. And one of his questions to me was, do you take this woman to be your wife? I said, yes. I said, yes. But you know what also? I said, no. You say, well, what do you mean? When I said yes to my wife, to this one single woman, this daughter of God, when I said yes to her, And with regard to her, I was also saying no to every other woman in the world. Do you see that? Yes, I take her. She is my wife. I will enter into a special relationship with her. I look at every other woman in the world and I say, no, you are not my wife. I have not entered into a special relationship with you, and you do not belong here. Do you see? That's very, very important. Now I wanna read here. My wife belongs beside me and in an intimate relationship with me. We're closer than friends. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, that we're one, we become one, we're united together. That's why at the very beginning, he said a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife, will be bound to his wife. It is a sacred uh, binding. It is a sacred covenant. It is a sacred contract. And no one should come in there. What Jesus said, remember what God has brought together. Let no man separate. Let no woman Separate. That's that's why you need to be so careful one day when you find someone, whether if you're a young man, you find a young lady or you're a young lady and you find a young man. You need to realize that once you enter into this relationship, it is supposed to be until death do we part and no one else is to come in there or even get close in order to tempt you to divide what God has put together. Now, I've written here, my wife belongs beside me and in a very close relationship with me. Other women are to be estranged from me. They're to be removed from me. They're not a part of me. There should be a distance between them and me, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, they're, they're not, I, you know, I, I can have a friend, I can work here at HeartCry, there are There are godly sisters who work here. We can talk to one another, but what you need to realize is there's always a fence. And there's only one woman who comes inside that fence and stays there. And that's my wife. And you have to be very zealous In guarding that, it's extremely important. If there's a wall between you and sin, then sin won't get you. But the moment you go through the door and stand in the same room with that temptation, you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. So now, that's the adulteress or the adulterer. It can be a man or a woman. Now, her speech or her propaganda, look what it says here. It says, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey, okay? The words are sweet, pleasant, delightful, attractive. You see, when someone wants to tempt you, they're going to come in with beautiful words, words that are attractive, words that will be exactly what your flesh wants to hear, okay? But not only will they be attractive, they'll be addictive, they will be addictive. If you start listening, you will keep listening. And eventually you'll fall. Now, it says, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey. It says, they, not just that they have a little bit of honey on the lip, no, they drip honey. What does it mean? It's abundant, it's overflowing. And we're going to talk later, maybe in this lesson, about this. It's called flattery, enticement. And and we see this all the time. You know, if if, if you're on the internet, you watch TV, there are commercials, aren't they? And those commercials are going to say exactly what you want to hear. And that's the way temptation is. Not just with the adulterer and the adulteress, but with any temptation going to draw you in with enticing words that if you listen to, they become addictive words. They grab a hold of you and you find it very, the more you listen, the more difficult it is to set yourself free. So her lips drip honey, but then it also says, and smoother than oil is her speech. Now, I've written something here I want to read to you. Her words are easy to swallow. There is nothing rough or coarse in what she's saying. Nothing that would offend you. Nothing that would insult you. Nothing that would go against your pride. She only tells you those things that pleases your pride and puffs you up. In other words, the temptress and the tempter is going to say to you exactly what you want to hear. You know, when you're around true friends, they're they're going to encourage you. They're going to hopefully bless you with their speech, edify you with their speech, but they're also going to tell you things that are true about you, and sometimes you're not going to want to hear it. It's not going to be pleasant. You might even get angry with them because of what they say about you. But then you get alone, and especially you get in the word or prayer, and you find out, you know what? It's true. Well, someone who's coming to tempt you is never going to do that. Another thing I want you to see that one day when you're married, that marriage is wonderful, but marriage can be extremely difficult. Why? It's as someone has said, you know, because you have two sinners living in close proximity to one another. None of us are perfect. We won't be perfect until we're glorified. And so marriage can be difficult. And in that marriage, there can be a history of difficulty. So you think back at the the difficult times in marriage. You think back at, at maybe some hard things that were said. And then all of a sudden, here comes this person from the outside. And all they do is say good things about you how handsome you are, how beautiful you are, how kind you are, how smart you are, how you should be treated better. You see, they tell you exactly and they make promises. If you're in marriage, you're gonna be in marriage with an imperfect person and you know what you're gonna have? Unmet expectations. A man's gonna fail his wife and a wife is gonna fail her husband. That's going to happen. Well, someone's going to come along who promises to meet all those unmet expectations, but they can't. As a matter of fact, they're going to do far worse than the wife or husband you now have, because the fact that they're coming into your marriage means that they do not fear God. They do not love God. If they do not love God, they don't love you. That's very important. So, smoother than oil, easy to swallow. Now, I want us to look at a few warnings in Scripture with regard to flattery or enticement. When someone is flattering you, do you know what it is? They're enticing you, they want something from you. That's extremely important to understand. And it is always the case. Now, I have known believers who were extraordinarily gifted at encouraging people. That's not what we're talking about. We all need to encourage one another more than what we do. But there's a difference between encouragement and flattery. Encouragement will always tell the truth. So I want you to go for just a moment. Let's go to Psalms. Just uh, Psalms chapter 5. Oh, verse eight and nine it says, "O oh Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes, because there's enemies around me, people who want to tempt me, people who want to destroy me with their temptation. Then, Lord, lead me. I need you to lead me. You need the Lord to lead you. Make your way straight before me. Help me walk a straight line. To walk circumspectly, as Paul says in Ephesians. Verse 9. There is nothing reliable in what they say. A flatterer. We're going to see he's talking about a flatterer. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Nothing. Nothing true. Okay? You can't rely upon it. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. Now think about that. An open grave with a rotten body in it. I don't know if you've ever seen something like that. I have, and it is very distasteful. It is very difficult to bear. But that's the way they are on the inside. And those words of theirs are coming from the inside. He says, their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. They flatter with their tongue. The other way of looking at it, literally they, they, they make their tongue smooth. They make it pleasing and it's dangerous. They are a foe. A flatterer comes to you. They are an enemy. Now you need to love your enemies, but you need to get away from them. And most certainly, you do not need to listen to them. So when temptation comes, the Bible doesn't tell us to sit there and dialogue with temptation, but to get away from it. And we're going to see that as we go on with this chapter. I also want you to turn back to Proverbs and look in chapter 29. Verse 5. 29.5 So If a woman comes or a man comes from outside of a marriage and they come into that marriage and they they start saying flattering things, look what we have in 29.5 of Proverbs. A man, or it could be a woman, who flatters his or her neighbor is spreading a net for his steps. Do you see that? So we want to be very, very careful with all temptation. And we don't want it, we need to recognize it for what it is. When media or the internet or television tell us something that is outside of God's will and it's they, they present it as something very, very attractive, we need to look at it as no, 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 no. The outside at first might look pleasant, but the deeper I go into it, It's an open grave, a stinking, rotten, open grave. Now, something that I want you to know, if you ever fall into following flattery, now this is going to be kind of hard, but I want you to hear it. In Proverbs chapter 7, verse 21. This is talking again about the adulteress, could be an adulterer, and how she is going to flatter, how he is going to entice and flatter with his language. It says, with her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one in fetters to the discipline Of a fool until until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. So he does not know that it will cost him his life. So this applies not just to adultery and immorality, but to every kind of sin and every kind of temptation. When the devil, when the demonic, when a human being tempts us, it says with her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. And he follows. And what, what does it mean when he follows? It means, have you ever heard the terminology, you're just a dumb ox? Well, that's what's going on here. Or have you ever heard the terminology bird brain? That's what's going on here. Basically, a fool, a fool. And we need to be very, very careful here. And and you need to realize that that when when the world talks to you and you listen, you need to repent of your foolishness and return to the Lord. Now, I want you to see something that is very, very important here and that a wise man, a truly wise man is able to see through it. If he has wisdom, he will see that flattery is simply enticement and it's dangerous. He'll see it and he will reject it. And this is why you need wisdom. You need wisdom so desperately so that you can see through this. You see, remember, I've taught this many, many times. The book of Proverbs just doesn't help you spiritually. It helps you in every possible way. It helps you in school, it helps you in business, it helps you in mathematics, it helps you in life, it helps you in relationships, in absolutely everything. That's why sometimes with such, I don't know, uh, zeal, I'm begging you, don't be a fool. You don't have to be. No one has to be a simpleton or a fool. The Bible promises that the book of Proverbs can make anyone, anyone Wise. Now, um, I want you just I want to summarize by by doing something here. I want us to. um, I want us to look at the contrast between the lips of a wise man and the lips of an adulterous person or the lips of a fool, the lips of a tempter, someone who would tempt you. I'm just going to read it off here. The lips of a wise man reserve or store knowledge. They they retrieve it, they understand it, and they speak it. The lips of an adulterer, an enticer, a tempter, drip words that are smoother than oil, but have a total disregard for truth. They don't care about truth. There's a word I want to teach you. It's called utilitarian. They they simply speak whatever is most useful to them to get what they want. You don't want a person like that. You want a person who's going to speak in fear of God, in reverence for God and out of love for you. The wise man needs knowledge so that he can give an answer to the adulterer. Okay, now that's why this passage starts out in Proverbs five talking about listen, Listen, learn, you need wisdom so that you can answer an adulterer, so that you can give an answer to temptation. But now here's something that I'm gonna end with, and it is so important for you. I've written here, you need to answer the temptation, but you need to answer quickly and then get away. Do not enter into debate with the temptation, do not enter into debate with the tempter, whether it's an adulteress or an adulterer or whether it's someone who's wanting you to lie to your parents or to take alcohol or drugs or whatever it might be to watch something you shouldn't watch, answer them, but then get away. And my reasoning for saying that is found in 2 Timothy 2.22. Listen to what he says. He tells Timothy. Now, Timothy was already in the ministry. He may have been a young man, but he was already in the ministry. Says Paul, tells him, "Now flee from youthful lust, run from them." Remember what I said: if you listen to the tempter or the temptress, and you continue listening, their words are not just enticing; they're addictive. They're mesmerizing. It's almost like they put you in a spiritual trance and draw you in more and more. They cloud up your vision and you're not seeing clearly. So he says, now you, you, Timothy, flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Now, here's what I want you to see. To really walk in this world, to really do what you need to do, it's not just, fleeing from evil, but it's cultivating, pursuing righteousness. And we're going to see this later on, even in the case of marriage. If you want to protect your marriage, you know what you need to do? You need to invest in it. A man who delights in his wife and a wife who delights in her husband, they're not going to be near as tempted as someone who's really struggling in their relationship. So so the best way to conquer temptation is not just to reject it, but to do something positive. Be constantly pursuing righteousness, that which pleases God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray, dear God, that you would use it in the life. Oh, dear God, the life of these young listeners. Oh, please, Father, please. Please turn them toward Christ, protect them from evil and evil men. And oh God, cause them that one day they stand before you and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. In Jesus' name, amen.